Hi, I'm Matt Dawson and welcome to OrthoScience Bytes. Today I'm joined by Aaron Hurst. Aaron is the Laboratory Supervisor of Quality Systems of the Newton Medical Center in Kansas. His responsibilities include supervisory roles as the Second Shift Supervisor, Blood Bank Supervisor, and Chemistry Laboratory Supervisor. He still retains these last two responsibilities along with the Quality Systems Management role. Aaron has devoted his medical technologist career to help evolve the Newton Hospital Laboratory with activities focused on improved efficiency, applied lean management, and enhanced patient safety. Aaron has been a contributor speaker in national and international forums, has been recognized by the American Red Cross Wichita for maximizing efficiencies, and recently by the Medical Laboratory Observer for automation and action in the blood bank. Thank you so much for joining us today, Aaron. Uh, thank you, Matt. Glad to be here. Great. So to open up our conversation, what would you say are the main drivers to start thinking about when you're looking at automation in the transfusion medicine laboratory? Well, when we first started this, which was back in 2007, uh, we really didn't know what was driving what the, some of the things that we wanted to change. We knew that we had problems within our blood bank, a lot of documentation, nursing documentation, things of that nature. Uh, but we really wanted to to deal with becoming more efficient, more standardized in how we were, were how we were accomplishing things. With that being said, there were a lot of things that came into play that we weren't able to really do. We weren't we didn't know that 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 was going to actually happen, or that those good things that we were going to obtain were actually going to be obtained. The status quo and staying the same, doing the exact same thing that you are right now or, or back then, status quo, it just no longer exists. You just, you have to continuously evolve your systems and your processes so that you become more efficient. Some of those drivers that we were looking for were in the safety realm, in efficiencies and standardization, in our staffing and in, in our financial position. With safety, what we did, what I did, was perform a risk analysis. And it was a full-blown risk analysis to find out just exactly where all of our risks were. And I wanted to build a perfect blood bank. I'll be honest. That's where I wanted to go. Haven't achieved it. Never will. But it's one of those things that I want to strive to go get. With efficiencies and, and standardization, you have to have the, the knowledge in your systems and the knowledge of your processes and that's why you need that, that risk analysis. You need to know how all those processes work. You need to have that so that you can make changes that are good changes, not bad changes, things that are not going to have a downstream effect or a problem that arises later on. One of the biggest reasons that we wanted to do this was part of our staffing problems. We had staffing problems. We're a moderately sized hospital that S SBBs and, and specialists of blood bank don't want to come to. I only had one or two. There were about three or four of us that would really did the blood bank part of it. So we needed to adjust our staffing and we needed to have more blood bankers. And that's what we effectively did, but we had to do it in a safe way. Our financial positions. Uh, when I talk about financial position, that financial position is, is whether or not your blood bank is earning money for your laboratory or whether or not it's losing money for your laboratory. And at our point where we were at, we were on the, on the wrong side of that. We were losing money within uh, our laboratory. So 
that's really the reasons why we drove to automation. And there's a lot of, of other reasons. Yes, there are. But those are my main reasons. Fabulous. And so, you know, as you're looking to find ways to address the staffing and address the budgets, um, you know, there's there's always this dilemma that, it, you know, it costs money to save money. So uh, thinking about that and other challenges, what did you struggle with to be able to implement the type of changes that you were looking to make with automation, with your change, knowing that you basically were struggling with not having enough of the resources you probably needed to dedicate to change management? You know, I, I get asked this question a lot, and, and it's it's bigger than just, uh, you know, oh, it's just this. Of course, uh, it always is. But I guess one of those, the main challenges that we had to overcome, you, you know, you have to overcome change itself. People are scared of change. It's, it's that simple. And even though you, you have both sides, you have a side over here that, that is for change, you have a side over here that's not for change. And there's usually nobody in the middle. The problem is, is when you do start to make some of those changes, even the guys that wanted change don't want it. And so you have to really educate a lot and you have to kind of come up with a lot of different ways to, to do that. Some of those is, is educating out in front and saying, hey, guys, this is what we need to do. This is a way we could do this better. Is there a better way for us to do that? Ask them what they think would be you know, the perfect laboratory, what they would see in a perfect transfusion uh, medicine lab. A lot of times they don't have a clue. They just want it fixed. Well, I get that and I understand that. But as you evolve them and as you bring them in and help with this, because they do, they get to help you with this, they start coming up with better ideas than you do. And that's a really good thing. Aside from that, when you start talking about staffing and, and, and dealing with administration and nursing administration, for us, I had to deal with the nursing staff as well as nursing administration because we wanted them to document all of their transfusion in, in, in our computer systems. And so that took a lot. Those were major hurdles that we were able to overcome. The nice thing about my facility is that we don't have a lot of silos. We really work well together uh, between departments. And once we showed them the advantage of what they could do, uh, they were really on board, especially uh, the nursing admin, uh, the director at that time, very, very on board. It took me about three months to convince him, but we were able to make that happen. So I think you have to show advantage and disadvantage throughout your entire process changes. Anytime you're making changes, you just have to focus so hard on if I make this change, how's this going to happen? Information is, is one of the best, best tools. Fabulous. So getting to more of a tactical level, you know, what would you say are the, the most important tests for automation for improving efficiency or, or processes or steps that you would take to drive better lab uh, patient results and lab efficiency? Oh, uh, Matt, that's always a tough question. And I've been asked this before. Uh, and it's hard for me. And, and so I'm going to give you me from my point of view where I sit. When I bring a piece of equipment on board, I want every whistle, every bell, everything that I can do on board that system or process, whichever it happens to be. With When you're talking about automation within the, in the blood bank with us here, I have a computer system that we built, put together, put safeties in 
all kinds of stuff that we wanted in place, as well as the safeties that are on board our vision that we have now. When you do that, I am the type of individual that I want to get everything out of it. There's a reason why I'm bringing this instrument on board. I want it to be able to do type in screens for me. I want it to be able to do antigens. I want it to be able to do titers, antibody panels. I want it to do everything. If I'm only bringing the instrument to, let's say, do unit retypes, you didn't save yourself anything in the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish within your transfusion services. I look at that as a fact that, that we want to do more with less. And that's where we went. We decided that we wanted to use every aspect of those instruments, of those processes, so that my end users had an easier time than, than what they would if we didn't do it that way. So in addition to operational efficiencies and, and savings, you know, what is the role you see of automation in helping to deliver on safety and confidence for your patients? Regarding efficiency, I, I really think that when you, when, you, when you add up everything that you put into it, the system is only as good as you build it, but if you build it well enough, if that system is built well enough, it becomes very, very efficient. My staff can't live without how we do anymore. They, they, uh, if, if I have an instrument problem, boy, I'm the first one to know, even if I'm not here at work, they want, they want that system. Before we started this, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. They were scared of it. Once again, you're getting back to that point where you need to, to put people in, you need to involve them in these these decisions in some of these decisions you have to stay on top of it because they always want to go back to what's comfortable you need to stay away from that when you have staff that are stressed out that's when you make mistakes when i have staff that drops four or five cross matches on like i did last night i had seven cross matches four type in screens and two antibody panels and i was here by myself everybody got put out on time. And that wasn't the only section I was working. I was working other sections of the lab. So how efficient is that? It did its job. The best efficiency that I've ever seen out of automation is that automation doesn't get tired. It does not get tired. It doesn't go home. It stays and continues to keep working for you. That's the best part of automation. So if you had kind of a final takeaway, what would be your recommendation to a lab that's thinking of automating pre-transfusion testing? I think that you, you have to do a risk analysis. You just, you have to. People say, why change something that isn't broken? And, and I can agree with that. Why reinvent the wheel? Well, unless the wheel is stone and you're trying to put it on a race car, it, it doesn't work very well. I think that we need to really look into our futures of what, what's not happening just right now, but what's happening two years from now, four years, five years, 10 years from now. I can't even look that far because of just the pandemic that we deal with now. But it does allow us to look two and three years ahead. How do we, 
what are we going to look like two years from now? Am I going to have enough staff? You know, is there going to be a blood shortage? Is there not going to be a blood shortage? All of those type of things. For the guys that are really thinking about automation, you really need to think very hard. You have to, you have to go and look at all the regulations and you have to go look at all these things to where you're making that end user be very supported, have all the, the ducks in the row, have all your PMP in place, have all of your all, all of the actions that you need to take. Our systems guide, help guide my techs to their next step. And that's very important. I, I really think that's an important feature. But just with the fact of automation, being able to set something on, hitting a button or programming it, let's say it takes 30 seconds for you to program it, you walk away from it for 45 minutes. That allows that tech to think about problems that they're having with other patients. That allows that tech to take a second and take the stress level down. It allows you to do multiple patients at the same time. If you're playing the barcode game, which you probably should, all of those, all of those advantages, those are huge advantages when it comes to automation. And I highly recommend automation no matter what. It's a difficult process to start and to finish. But once you get it there, you just can't hardly beat it. Thank you so much. That is really great. So that brings us to the end of our conversation today with Aaron Hurst. And I want to thank you again for sharing your experiences and your insights about how automation really makes a, a huge difference for you in your lab and uh, for your patient care and outcomes. So thank you again. You bet. Anytime. So I hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode about automation for laboratories. Make sure to review sections within the podcast description for any reading materials we've suggested. There you'll find some additional papers or studies. So based on today's podcast, I leave you with our pop quiz. What are key tests that can be automated to provide greater benefits for our lab and results? You can always go back and listen again if you want some more detail. So again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to OrthoScience Bites, our monthly podcast, where they will be discussing more complex questions we face every day in our labs. Brought to you by OrthoClinical Diagnostics, pioneering advances in diagnostics for 80 years because every test is a life. Take care, stay healthy, and safe.